0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian
2: Well, happy Thanksgiving. I know I had one. I'm assuming Lars and Christian did. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, what we're going to get to is that in about 24 and a half hours, it's Alabama and Auburn. Uh, At Bryant-Denny Stadium, 230 CBS, uh, I think this game is going to be a whole lot closer than I thought it would have been four months ago, uh, about four weeks ago, I should say. And the reason is Cadillac Williams. Uh, Let's welcome in the cast of characters here, Lars. How were the Minions? Did you burn the turkey? Do you still have a kitchen?
3: (laughs) Man, we had such a great time. We had such a great time. Uh, Yes. Um, It really was one of the best Thanksgivings of my life. Uh, It was the first time I had all all three of my kids by myself. And, um, you know, being a single dad is tough. It is really, really tough but uh uh the the, th- the thing you can do is just continually show them love and how much you care about them and uh we ended up going to um a, a, a friend's house um in the morning. we made uh deviled eggs all, all my kids were involved with that ate one last it. night
2: about eleven thirty
3: um and then we also made uh corn pudding. Pudding? that's very southern uh corn pudding it's a it's a dish that is uh, much, uh very popular in the south. I'm sorry, in, in the Midwest, and um, went over to friend's house, we have uh, our, our, our meal, and then uh, Lincoln, my seven-year-old, he wants to go outside and, and just play what we called 500 growing up, but now they in the South they call it jackpot. Where you, you basically you just throw the ball up in the air. you have one one person and and it's a cluster of, of, of basically kids uh, who are trying to catch the ball. And Lincoln excelled at that. And then my friend Jack, uh, who is about 45 or so, he's a, he's a lawyer here in town and um, he decided <laughs> he's, he challenged Lincoln to a sprinting match and my my little my son and and I know it's it's his dad talking, so I'm very biased. He is lightning fast, lightning fast, and uh he was you know the fastest kid in his uh second grade um uh, 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 um flag football league. And, um, and so Lincoln gets out, it's all on video. We got the whole thing on video and Lincoln absolutely dust my friend, Jack, and that just made his day. And, you know, Matt, it was just, we, we, we threw the football around a lot and just outside, just having a great time. And, and you forget when you have little kids around the holidays, just how, uh, how they fill the house up with their laughter, their joy. And I, I just had a, a magnificent time. I, I could not have scripted a better day with my children. How Sound about, like a
2: Hallmark card Christmas? Yeah, no, it, right? it was, just, it, was just, it was
3: just great. It was just great. And uh, I, I can't Terrific. I, I, I wish I could bottle it. I wish I, you know that when I'm feeling down or blue, I wish I could just remember that day and drink it, (laughs) you know, and feel better. But, um, gosh, it was just a terrific time. How how about you, Matt? How was your Thanksgiving, my friend?
2: We do the kind of the two-family thing. And so I had two Thanksgivings, and I'm uh, rather bloated still. Uh, But it was fabulous because all the things you just said. We did everything you just said except for the race. And there's no way I'm doing that
3: now. I did not I did not participate in the race because that has, like, you know, a torn hamstring written all over it. <laughs> and and uh, then
2: uh, Karen and I came home. We got on the couch, started watching the Egg Bowl. I didn't even know uh, who won till this morning. Or uh, if the Alabama game beat Michigan State. I didn't know the results. I, stay, I, came. I stayed up
3: for that. Oh. I'm telling you, Matt, this Alabama basketball team, it is – Got the potential to be incredible, and I'm talking Final Four. I'm talking national championship. Incredible.
2: What did you see in Brandon Miller that you really? Watched? I
3: just it's the fir- It's the first time I've seen that kid play uh, in an extended uh, extended time, and he has got it all. I mean, he just uh, he's got length. He's quick. He's uh, he can shoot. He can um, he can beat guys one on one. He's a, he's an intelligent player. He makes his teammates better around him because he he he, he can find them in, in open places and uh, or open spots or their favorite spots. And uh, this is a special team. I mean, they just disposed of Michigan State as if it was like this f- you know, swatting a fly away. I, I, I'm telling you, Matt. I like. I, I'm sure you've seen him play already this year. Yeah, but limited. I haven't
2: gone over, and I fell asleep I, last night. So um,
3: they, they, I just uh, wonder—is he
2: Jabari Sh- Sh- Smith like?
3: They got shooters. What was that? Jabari Smith, the, the Auburn. Uh, Auburn I think a little bit shorter version and yeah. a and a better shooter. He's still
2: six uh, nine, isn't he? Yeah yeah. I mean, right yeah, yeah. I mean, right there. was six eleven. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, this oh. kid is special. Like, I-, I could. I. I hate to, you know, go crazy after one game, but I'm thinking this is like Danny Manning special. When remember when he led almost single handedly Kansas to yeah, the national yeah. championship? I'm sure, I did. I mean, this kid is unbelievable, and uh, it won't be long until Alabama's in the top ten, if not higher, and and, and they're fun to watch. They play really good defense, really good defense, and uh, it, it's and, and we've talked about that with the rebounding, right? Oh, Number no one in the nation. Yeah. Um, um, well, good on basketball.
2: Let's talk Alabama Auburn football. Let's bring in Christian Miller from our affiliate in Tuscaloosa at Tide one hundred point nine and just get a couple of things to talk about. Um first up, Christian, did you have a nice Thanksgiving?
4: Then I really enjoyed it. Thanks for asking guys. Just uh, cook some good food at the house and um, you know, watched some uh, some good football and got to watch Alabama basketball last night. And uh I agree with Lars. They look phenomenal so far. I'm excited what they have in store, but yeah overall just really good thanksgiving you know we just we enjoy just getting together and just enjoying each other's company and enjoying some really good food. You can't beat that. What's your favorite dish on Thanksgiving other than turkey? I love sweet potato casserole uh my mom makes really good stuffing as well man um I just love thanksgiving in general man i i've uh, I've had to learn how to to eat a lot to gain a lot of weight over the over the years and Thanksgiving's always a great time to uh, fill, fill, fill up my plate with a lot of food and get all those calories in. So, man, I probably had like three plates throughout the day yesterday.
3: <laughs> wow. So did I. I, 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 I can want, do it. I can't. Can. I want Christian Miller's metabolism. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fast. Uh, my
4: metabolism is so fast. It was a problem when I played. I I could never gain weight no matter. I mean, I could probably eat two large pizzas and still wouldn't put on a pound and, Luckily, it's still pretty fast right now. I still eat a lot, and I'm I'm still okay. But uh, yeah, man, now I'm now I'm getting kind of nervous. I'm like, I hope it doesn't change when I get older, because I'm so used to eating so much now that <laughs> my me. metabolism slows down, I might like, in
3: trouble, guys.
4: <laughs> it will change even with you, but
2: uh, not as quickly as it did with us. Trust me. Did
3: you uh, did you get out and play any like just catch football or or when you were a kid? Uh what was your tradition when do, do we guys have like a pickup football game or anything going on?
4: you know uh we used me and my brother used to throw the ball around a little bit, but really, I used to always look forward to the Black Friday shopping um, that night or the next day. you know I remember as a kid, we used to go to my grandparents' house and we used to cut out the uh, the the catalogs and the coupons and whatnot of things that we might try to go find the next day and <laughs> my uncle and uh my cousins and my brother and my mom we'd all would go out Go do a little uh, shopping. I'd get to do a little early Christmas shopping. So, um, man, I'm not gonna lie; those are, those are some good times that as a kid. You know, you just always look forward to getting a new video game or something. So, I was very blessed and very fortunate Ooh. to have that. I
2: can't. That's the first person I've ever say heard say that's a memory of of Thanksgiving was doing the Black Friday thing. Yeah, not, I'm, I'm not. It sounds I, I will, spoiled. Now it's dangerous. <laughs> no uh, but anyway, hey, there is a game tomorrow. And by the way, want to uh, just openly advertise, promote that uh, Christian and I will be at 1225 Sports Bar. D.C. will join us from Virginia. He's up there with family. But we do the Tide Tailgate Show on the Bear and Tide over in Tuscaloosa. And we'll start at 930, go to 1030, and then at 1130. And then Crimson Tide Sports Network takes over. Uh, but there will be Bloody
3: Marys. Whatever else you decide that you might like to have early in the morning. We got Tommy Ford going to join us next. Tommy is a uh, uh, long time, worked at at Alabama, has written probably 15, 20 books. And he is going to provide some historical perspective on the Iron Bowl, how it got started, uh, why there was a hiatus, uh, and, and just uh, really dig deep into... Why it matters so much and how this has become, I I, I think it's almost inarguable. This is the greatest rivalry in all of American sports. I totally agree. And I've been saying that
2: since before you moved here. But you backing it up makes it really, you know, now you can take it to heart. That's true. All right. uh, You're listening to Big Noon Sports.
1: We'll be back with Tommy Ford. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon
0: Sports. Has the pandemic affected your business? Even with more and more customers going online in the past five years, online business has grown greatly due to the pandemic. Now more than ever, it's important to have... For tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day, we'll have the chance of scattered showers by afternoon, the high in the upper 60s and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Anderson, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, and our special guest. If you know Alabama football at all, you know who Tommy Ford is. He is what I would say the A1. Y'all gonna pay you a really high compliment, Tommy. You are the David Housel of Alabama. How's that?
5: Oh, Matt, come on. There's nobody that knows more about a school than David does about Auburn. I'm, I would just be a mere apprentice to David in terms of history.
3: Uh Well, Tommy, uh, your your latest book was a uh, all access behind the scenes pictures and stories from Alabama's 2020 national championship. Uh, The title of it, "History Made." And uh, what number of book was that for you? Was about 14 or so? Uh, I think it was 12. 12. Okay, my apologies. uh, Not tied. Um, no it, it, it's a it's a great it's a great read and uh in in I I have I I still have it it's on my coffee table my kids love looking at it uh, I actually read them different stories from it but um I, I we, we wanted to bring you on today Tommy um to just talk about the history of the iron bowl and uh in, in sort of how it got started. And um, uh, you have been at Alabama since, and I know you recently retired, but you're not really retired because you're still doing a bunch of stuff. Um, But uh, uh, you, when did you first enroll at Alabama?
5: Well, I enrolled in 1974. I was a 1974 grad of Gadsden High School. I had been an Alabama fan pretty much all my life, which was kind of unusual. My dad did not go to college because of the Great Depression in the early 30s. My mom actually was a 1937 graduate of Auburn. Uh, But I was just always an Alabama fan growing up in elementary school. You know, everybody wore the number 12 jerseys on Fridays before the Iron Bowl, and we'd tell Auburn jokes and, and, you know, make make fun of our Auburn friends. (laughs) And uh, and and I just stayed an Alabama fan. I mean, I I literally cried when Notre Dame beat us in the Sugar Bowl my senior year in high school, and went to Alabama in '74. Uh, graduated in '78, and then in '77, '78 year I was the sports head for the Crimson White. So I got to travel with the team, and I got to sit in Coach Bryant's famous sofa where you sunk down and looked up at at the man and um, so unbelievable experiences there and went back to Gadsden for three and a half years um, and then in 1982 was hired in the alumni office at the University of Alabama and uh, came over to athletics in 87 and was there 33 years in athletics mostly in Todd Pride ticketing fundraising um, a club Red Alpha clubs and the like. So I've seen a lot of Alabama Auburn games and have researched uh, the rivalry quite a bit.
3: Um, and you've been very generous uh, with your time with me. You have consistently spoken to my classes for the last decade. I can't thank you enough. But let's go back to just the origins. As, as, a, as both of us are writers and we love origin stories, what is the origin story of the Iron Bowl? Well,
5: actually, you know both schools started football around the same time. Auburn was a few months ahead of Alabama, eighteen ninety-two. So that's a pretty common date for both schools to claim as their first year of football. So obviously, when the teams, uh, when the schools fielded teams, it was obvious they would play each other just because they were cross-state rivals. And so it's kind of interesting. If you look in the Alabama record books, it says uh, the first Alabama-Auburn game was in 1892. If you have it, it, you look in the Auburn record books, and it says it's the first game of the 1893 season because it was played in February of 1893. So Alabama considers it the last game of the 92 season. Auburn considers it the first game of the of the 93 season. Um, but, you know, one of the greatest, and this sums up, you know, Clyde Bolton was a great writer for Birmingham News for so long, and he kind of wrote the two, I guess, Bibles for Alabama and Auburn football history in 71, 72, 73, around that era. And he's got a great quote. He says, there was one ticket booth when the Alabama – when Alabama and Auburn played in 1893, now there are none. And it just goes to show you how this rivalry has grown for so many years. And, um, you know, back then, football was getting, and you've done research on the national game of football, you know, football was getting a lot of bad press in the late 1800s because of the, the brutality of it. The equipment was not very good. Coaches were coming and going. And there just wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, consistency to the game nationwide. So Alabama and Auburn actually did not play every year in the in the late 1890s. But until the 1907 game, which was a 6-6 six to six tie, uh, I think Auburn had won five games. Alabama had won five games. And there was one tie in 1907. And then when they were trying to, set the schedule for 1908 there were a lot of uh, disagreements between the schools looking back it was just pettiness really you know how much the officials should be paid the cost uh, of traveling to the stadium um, just little things like that and incredibly they decided not to play in 1908 and um, then they tried to renew the series in 1912 and again in 1923 and again in 1932 and again in 1944. And here it is. The two biggest schools in the state were not playing football ended up being for 38 seasons. Now in 18, I'm sorry, 1918, there was, uh, Alabama did not build team because of world war one. Auburn did. And in 1943, there was neither school had teams because of, World War Two, but of those thirty eight seasons it went without Alabama and Auburn playing, which is just incredible to think about that here we are hundred and sixty miles apart and we didn't play. Uh, so anyway, this this they call it the forty one year timeout, some people call it the forty year timeout. It was actually thirty eight seasons where we didn't play and, and so in nineteen forty eight the renewal game in Birmingham and actually the Alabama legislature got involved and just said, Look, enough's enough, y'all need to play. And so that nineteen forty eight game in Birmingham was was quite a spectacle. Uh, which Alabama won handily, but then Auburn came back the next year and upset Alabama in forty nine. So it's been quite a series since then.
4: Tommy you clearly have a, a plethora of memories. Um, throughout the years with the Iron Bowl, but what would you say would be your most memorable moment um, in an Iron Bowl in an Iron Bowl game?
5: Well, I have a lot. Obviously, having worked in, in Alabama athletics and and having seen so many, I think the the '92 uh, that would be 1992, not 1892. Uh, <laughs> when, when it was 0 and we were on on pace to go, you know to contend for a national championship and win 0-0 at the half and you know Antonio Langham intercepted the pass in the third quarter and we ended up beating Auburn 17 to nothing to go on to the SEC championship game and then win that against Florida and go on to the national championship game against Miami. That's my uh, most vivid memory of uh, being on the sideline during that time and seeing all that happen. But gosh, as a kid growing up, an Alabama fan, the the Pat Sullivan Johnny Musso game in '71 is still uh, one of my favorites. Uh, won one by Alabama, thirty-one seven. I mean, what, even today, I love Johnny Musso growing up, and he's he's a friend today. And when I see a kid wearing a twenty-two jersey, I don't think of Mark Ingram. I think of Johnny Musso, and that's aging me. I know, exactly. but that's just great. Uh, memories. There's so many great ones. And then the O eight game in Bryant Denny when we finally broke the six game skid and and one handedly Glenn Coffey had a a great game that day and uh, finally breaking that streak and and really Coach Saban putting his mark in that rivalry. And uh but there have been a lot of great ones on both both sides.
2: Bama historian Tommy Ford is our guest on Big Noon Sports. Tommy, I'm not near the historian that you are, but I've seen a few. Uh, And I maintain this. In fact, I put a post up the other day on social media. I never do this. Many people say throw the record books out the window. I say keep the record books. Doesn't the best team normally win this game?
5: Definitely. There have been really few upsets. Now, if there was a a one- or two-point favorite, And yeah, but technically it's been the better team all these years. And obviously the 72 pump Bama punt game was, was a huge upset uh, and the way it happened, but you're right. It's been pretty well exactly goes to plan, you know, as, and, you know, I certainly hope it does that tomorrow, but who knows (laughs) with this game coming up, but you're right, Matt.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of variables with coaching and switching and, and that kind of stuff. So, all right, we'll let you go. But, Tommy, who wins tomorrow? You got a score prediction?
5: Uh, I'm going with the Tide probably. It may not be 22 points or whatever the line is, but I'm, I'm thinking something like uh, 31-17, 31-21. And, and I do have something to tell Lars. This game yes. they play where you just throw up the ball and, and tackle each other and get it back in Gadsden,
3: Alabama we called it smear. That's pitch That's up and smear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, yeah, it was That's it was followed awesome. by uh, a couple other words but yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and speaking of Gadsden, Tommy Ford uh, grew up with my wife and her family and their That's families right. were very close so and well, at some uh, time in your life everything runs through Gadsden.
3: Well, oh, no. our radio station. Our... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
5: yes, and uh, yeah, I love the McNavs. They're great people, and uh, uh, miss seeing them. So. Especially my friend Mike. I saw him yesterday. Oh wow! Yeah, well, he's up in Charlotte, yeah, kicking uh,
2: butt. Yeah. I will tell him hello and thank you so much. Thanks Tommy, uh, this is great stuff. We're going to we're not going to wait a year and do this again. Wow. Let's do it again kind oh, we'll of uh, on, on in the a office. regular basis. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy. Thank All you, right. Tommy.
0: Thank you. Bye.
2: Big Noon Sports returns with Terry Henley, Auburn running back and somewhat of a historian in his own mind.
1: From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Do you remember the excitement of Christmas when you really believed in
2: Santa Claus? Just look into the twinkling eyes of a child as they ponder the mystery of flying reindeer. Yes, true belief. Big Noon Sports with Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and Christian Miller. As we come to you on this uh, Black Friday, I don't do that at all. I don't really want to talk about it. I want to talk to Terry Henley, though. <clears throat> hee Terry Henley, All-SEC Player of the Year, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, an outstanding running back at Auburn University. I understand you're on your way. Are you You looking for uh, a deer stand? Where are you? Oh, you're a turkey guy, right?
6: Well, I'm a big turkey hunter, but I still deer hunt a little bit. Listen, I mean, it's just stuff about going out and climbing a tree, you know, and sitting there for three hours and freezing to death and, uh, and not shooting anything and uh, coming in and enjoying that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Terry, uh,
6: you came yeah. on our
2: show about two and a half weeks ago and just jumped out there and said, Auburn needs to go get Lane Kiffin, and they need to bring the Brink trucks, and they need to pay him. Are you still standing by that?
6: Absolutely, no question. Why? Well, let me ask: What does it take to win in football today? It takes a quarterback. You've got to have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you've got a you've got a tough road to to travel. Okay. Uh, This guy's a quarterback coach, okay? Usually when you get a quarterback, then you get offensive linemen that want to work with him because they they know that they can play on a winning football team. And then the others fall in place. And then you go go convince you a good defensive coordinator that I can help you be a better defensive coordinator because I'm going to tell you what the other guy's doing to help you defense that thing. So, to me he is the, the most qualified he's smart he's uh the right age um uh it would be a tremendous splash of his hiring and um uh, and it is the footprint of auburn that would give him a chance to win a championship something he can't do at old miss and i'm not knocking old me out listen i love old miss old miss is a wonderful school and i great friends of Archie and all that played there. And and um, I'm not knocking Old Miss at all. I'm just telling you, you've got a better chance at Auburn than you do at Old Miss of um, getting to the championship game and winning a championship.
4: Terry. so oh, Excuse me, go ahead.
6: That's the other in a nutshell for me.
4: You know, I just wanted to ask you, you know, Alabama's, you know, favorite in this game heavily, you know, but Auburn – has looked pretty impressive over the past few weeks, you know, with Cadillac Williams taking in uh, command. What does Auburn have to do to go into Tuscaloosa and, and leave with victory tomorrow? Well,
6: it, it, I, I would hope that the Alabama players get locked in the dressing room and don't come out. And <laughs> have I mean, that would, that would help out, you know. I mean, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of uh, uh, I hope it rains, uh, you know, uh, the, so you can't even see the hand in front of your face. Um, uh, that that would play a little bit to, to Auburn uh, um, because the ball can sli- slip slippery and can bounce either way. So, uh, other than that, Auburn has got a tough, tough situation ahead because they just they just can't stretch the field. They're having a hard time stretching the field. You know, the games that they've won here, they have completed six passes, one game, seven passes, another. Uh, so we're, they're not a passing. They've been running. But Jerry, it's hard to run on Alabama. It's hard to run on Alabama. And um, so, you know, but I believe that that's what Auburn is going to do. They're going to line up and go man up and say, we're here to play and we're not backing down. And. And they're gonna put their best foot forward, and you never know how that ball bounces. Uh, I played in one of those games that you know bounced quite well for us. Yeah,
4: that's right. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, speaking of you playing in one of those games. Now you obviously have a lot of experience in these games. Do you have a, a most memorable moment in your Iron Bull career? You know, I know it was always exciting when I, you know, put that helmet on and went out to play against Auburn. So I'm sure it was probably the same with you playing against Alabama. Do you have, you know, one particular moment that um, comes to mind when you think back on your Iron Bull uh, games?
6: Well, listen, it, it was a privilege to play in that game. There's only a uh, uh, there's only a handful of us to get to experience that, of playing in the most rivaled game in the country. There's none, no better. I mean, every pro team that I've tried to play with, when i would be in the dressing room, I can't tell you how many times they've come up to me and say, tell me what it's like to play in the Iron Bowl. Tell me what it's like. 50 on one side and 50 on another, and those rabid fans. Tell me what it's like. And I would always tell him it was an honor and a privilege to play. You've never seen a fight. I've never seen a fight between the two teams because they respect each other. Okay? They're out there to play hard against each other. Now, you talk about memorable days and things like that, a memorable moment. Listen, the block kicks, no question. You know, you won't ever repeat repeat that, Uh, the excitement and everything that happened uh, 50 years ago here come December the 2nd. uh, That's an unbelievable moment in football history. Uh, But I will tell you, John Kroll played defensive end, as you all know, at Alabama. Well, John Kroll also played defensive end at Gaston High School while I was at Oxford. And... uh, he used to tackle me in high school and when I'd get up and start walking back he'd pat me on the butt and say, Jesus loves you. Now he's done he's already slammed me to the ground over here and you know what I mean, but he was he would always pat me on the butt and tell me that. Well then we speed up till there'd be two here and he doesn't run me out of bounds over there and I'd slam me out on the ground and I'm getting up, I'm looking through my ear hole. I'm walking back to the huddle, and I get in the huddle, and he's saying, I mean, on the way to the huddle, he pats me on the back and tells me Jesus loves me. And I got in the huddle, and I said, you know, guys, this guy over here keeps telling me Jesus loves me. If he loves me that bad, why did he send this guy to me to to put so much pain on me all these years? So, yeah. (laughs) So, very good comment from me to John (laughs) Crowley.
3: Terry, I I I know you've been asked this question uh, uh probably uh over a thousand times in your life, but Uh, I want to dig into what makes this rivalry so special. I mean, look, in in, in this state, you know, fans name their babies uh, who they put in houndstooth diapers or in tiger diapers after coaches and star players. They plan their weddings around the Iron Bowl. Uh, They uh, adorn their bodies with tattoos of elephants and tigers. Uh, there's personal shrines to Bear Bryant and and uh, and uh, many Auburn coaches. I mean, even with uh, you know uh, candles and photographs and 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 Daniel Moore, boy, uh, he couldn't have picked a better state to uh, ply his trade in than in the state of Alabama. With uh, it seems like every other home I go into. Has a Daniel Moore Alabama print or a Daniel Moore Auburn print? Um, so, so I, I'm just sort of listing the things that I see. But what does it feel like? Why? Why, why is it so? And, and and we've talked about this on the show. You know, I, I've I've covered sort of every event in the in the United States, and uh, to me. This is the best rivalry in the entirety of the United States. And, and as someone who has played such a, a big role in the rivalry, why, why do you think that is?
6: Well, let me tell you, you're exactly right. The Yankees in Boston are not anywhere close to what the rivalry is of this ballgame. And it, and it goes back to a little bit of what that you said about guys used to come up in the dressing room and ask me, that they 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 marvel at the fact of what all goes on, and I think it has to do with the fact of a lot of the things you went over. Naming your, you know, when you're born, the first thing they do is put you in an orange and blue uh, outfit, or uh, what's that other color they put you in? It's got white on it, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, never end. They put you in that other one. And I, I've been in mobile homes where Daniel Moore prints are worth more than the whole mobile home. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they keep buying these prints, you know. That's and, so uh, true. Uh, so it is true. It is true, and it's born. It's bred in them. I mean, you can see divorces happen. You you can see them marrying cousins so they can be friends with their, another fan. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's an it's just an out and out bloodline that you pick up the day you're born i believe i mean i have run into very very few people growing up here in alabama that that i was born in here but i went to tennessee and i'm a tennessee fan oh really oh really you must have you must get you mixed up in birth somewhere you know and i mean it's it's just i think it all has to do with the like I said, the families being uh, being born into one, you know, you're either one or the other. Very, I would I would lend you to the fact that I bet you ninety five percent of people in the in the state of Alabama are either an Auburn fans or and I let's say that that other school across the state, yeah. Alabama. There you
3: uh, go. I particularly uh, love. I particularly love the custom-made caskets that are either Alabama, Alabama. or Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always with, yeah. with the toilet seats.
2: Do you get a toilet seat that's the opposition, or do you get one that supports your own team because it's in your house? Okay, we're not going down <laughs> that road. But that's just actually. Absolutely- <laughs> wow, you actually had me thinking about that. Uh, but yo, know, I've. I don't know. Somebody's gonna. Have to tell- hey, Terry. Yeah. I hope you have a successful day with gun in hand. God, well, these days, like that sounds awful. Of, I hope you hunt, as well.
6: Long, as long as I can get out of here in these beautiful, this beautiful forest that God gave us in the state of Alabama here, I'll be happy. So that'll be that'll be us. I'll have a good afternoon just being there.
3: Well put. Man. Thank you, Thank Terry. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you Terry.
6: Thank y'all guys. Go get your danger more print after the, after all the wins of the ballgame. <laughs> yeah, okay? Uh, he ought to send us
2: all one for the publicity we just gave him. That's right. oh, I think I have about eight of them. Uh, thanks, go Gary. In. All right. Big Noon Sports comes back. Uh, I want to go over something real quick with you all. Uh, it's, it's probably a long shot, longer than long shots can
1: get, but we need to talk about it anyway. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon
0: Sports. Hey, Hey, Pete, how's business? It's great. Foot traffic's still way down, but more people are finding me online. Nice. How'd you pull that off? Well, the first thing I did was go nine. Tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day. We'll have the chance of scattered showers by afternoon, the high in the upper 60s and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1989, we started something special and brought the greatest rival college football home. The Iron Bowl is what we came here for, to be a part of this history.
2: Big known sports was Christian, history. Matt, and Lars. Georgia's gonna win out. They got Georgia Tech, and I don't think anybody's really going to doubt the fact that they'll probably beat LSU. That will drop LSU back, though. Okay, so that moves Alabama up to six. Ohio State. Here's the here's the catch, guys. Ohio State, Michigan play tomorrow, and what I think is going to be a fantastic football game.
3: One of those teams is gonna lose. They won't drop below Alabama. Do you think? I think Ohio. I think Ohio State is going to lay the wood to Michigan, really? and uh, if it's a three-touchdown victory, which I think it's going to be, I think Michigan drops below Alabama. Christian, input on this one.
4: It's tough to say, you know. I, I I would love for them to drop below Alabama and give us a chance. It's just hard to say. I guess or, you or could, not. You, you could just we may have. Uh, lost. So you're
1: telling me there's a chance. <laughs> you, you
4: got it. Right, so, no, I so, think
3: there's so, more so, of a chance no, uh, than there was uh, th- three weeks ago for some reason. So, all right, Matt, what has to happen One, for two. Alabama to make it into the playoffs? Can we really break it down here in about oh, I, I three minutes? I think
2: Notre Dame. Notre Dame means needs to beat USC. That has to happen. And that uh, very real possibility, even though I believe that game is um, in Los
3: Angeles. What about Uh, Clemson? Leaping over? Yeah. Uh, A one-loss Clemson team that has not been very impressive. I think the ACC weighs them down,
2: and I don't think they do. But TCU plays Iowa State. Guess who did Alabama a huge favor, was it about 10 years ago? When Alabama had all this stuff, when they didn't win the conference. One, two, three, four. So, then they went on to win the national championship. Iowa State had a huge victory. Oh, yeah. They were one of the teams, uh, them and Baylor. But then I, I could see them dropping
3: even with just the one loss below Alabama. All right. So, you have to have Georgia just throttle LSU in the SEC championship game, correct? Yes. And then you have to have Ohio State. Handle Michigan. TCU has to lose to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. And all these things are very doable, right? Very (laughs) USC then has to lose the Pac-12 championship to Oregon. And I do think Clemson needs to lose once more. And then also, finally, Alabama absolutely has to destroy Auburn uh, tomorrow. Christian, do, do you think I, – I, we're probably grasping at straws here, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, I, there is actually a path for Alabama to make it to the playoffs.
4: No, there, there is, and uh, I was reading up on that. Basically, I, I guess, kind of like you were saying, you know, Georgia wins the SEC. That means LSU loses. You know, they're out of it. Ohio State wins out. They went big against Michigan. Uh, more than likely, Michigan will probably, you know, drop below Alabama than – uh, Clemson, TCU, and USC probably all would have to lose their conference games, I feel like. Um, but there's still a possibility um, that's there. And you just got to wait and see. I think it would be huge if Alabama could go out there and make a statement um, and have a dominant perf- performance tomorrow against Auburn. Um, but, again, this is, this is why they say you, you never let uh, others control your destiny. You always want to uh, keep it in your own hands. That way you're not sitting around playing a waiting game and hoping and praying for other people. Uh, hoping and praying on their demise, and, and hopefully they, they lose, um, then you're not in this situation. But, again, you got to you got to keep that door open because there's still a chance.
3: Yeah, and I think if you look at strength of schedule, Alabama's got them all beat. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just way above everybody else. And you look at the totality of Alabama's season, the fact that their two losses are by a combined four points – and I know that there is, and this is a very real thing, there's Alabama fatigue across the country, no question about it. But I do believe that the uh, committee members, Matt, um, they, they put all that aside. I mean, all they are doing is just analyzing the raw data. And uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this after, uh, after Alabama lost to LSU, but I think Bama's got a chance. Yep, a a chance. Uh, uh, chance. And I think it's even better than they got a decent chance.
2: Next 30 minutes, we're going to dedicate to you at 205-342-9904.
3: Please call in.
1: Meet Joe
7: A, Joe B, hello, and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B.
1: Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller.
2: Hey, thanks for dialing us in on this uh, Friday after Thanksgiving and uh, Friday before Alabama-Auburn. Like anybody really needs this, but it's a CBS broadcast TV, 2.30 kickoff, okay? I'll be up and at them a lot earlier than that. Christian and I will We'll do the Tide tailgate show tomorrow on Tide and the Bear over in Tuscaloosa at 9.30. Will be our kickoff there. Now,
3: uh, speaking of Tide. When you have a – it's relatively early that you guys are doing the show, but uh, what kind of crowd do you usually have there? It's usually unbelievable. I mean –
2: yeah, it's not a crowd that you can't come in, and I urge you to come by. It's a 1225 Sports Bar. Uh, very friendly, good Alabama crowd. There'll be some Auburn people in there tomorrow, and that'll be kind of, you know, Christian's like the, the star. He's the beacon. People just flock to him. <laughs> They'll step over D.C. and Matt just to get to Christian. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Not to mention that he was a superstar at Alabama, but I said before, and openly I will, Christian Miller is a good-looking man.
3: All right, um, Tide. And you say that with a long, proud history of heterosexuality.
2: Well, yeah. If you oh, want to go, yeah. If
3: you want to go that road, right? Now.
2: <laughs> Tide is on one hundred point nine FM. Then, addition to our other affiliates in Birmingham, you're on ninety-five point three and ninety-two point five FM, twelve sixty AM. And then over in East Alabama, aniston Gadsden, we are on at 97.5. And one of the things that this particular time slot has not done a lot in the past is celebrate, communicate, bring them in, let's talk to the fans. So we can do that right now at 205-342-9904. I'll ask Christian. Christian, do you expect a big crowd in there at 930 in the morning?
4: Yeah, you know, I think the Iron Bull is going to draw on a big crowd, and uh, 9.30 is definitely not uh, nearly as early as it was last week when we uh, started the show around 6 o'clock. Um, so <laughs> I think people will be in it's there. The strip? Yeah, six, 6 o'clock on the strip was uh, quite quite the uh, experiment right there. But um, yeah, it was fun, man. We still had a good time. We always enjoy doing the show, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it again tomorrow. Uh, and, and we will. And
2: it's really kind of interesting uh, just – shortly after sunrise, to be on the Strip. And really what you see is remnants of the night before. I mean, you really, there might be a straggler, you know, somewhere, you know, some frat guy going,
7: All right.
2: and tomorrow you'll see the same thing. It's just that they will probably have just gotten up.
3: Anyway. Do you see people who have maybe carried it over from the night before and they're still going strong? Yeah, yeah but, you know, they're always a lot younger. I just learned about this. It's called the shampoo effect. I've never heard that term in my life. Have you, Christian? I have not. Never heard of it. All
2: right, I want to know.
3: All I'm right. gonna learn well, something. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm no doctor here, but I'm just. This is what I've been told: is that if you, um, if you, if you go hard and heavy deep into the night, and you get up early, and you. Th- you're feeling you know pretty sober if you have just sort of one or two uh, it almost it's like it almost bubbles up inside of you okay and uh, and and the uh, alcohol that you still have I- inside of you tends to again come back it's and, reborn yes it's reborn it has a it has a second uh, life <laughs> and uh, and so that's why it, it's or, so I've been told why it's easier to uh, get intoxicated very early in the morning if you've had a late night before. I think that's probably physically the absolute truth. I mean, it's still there. It makes sense, you're right? You're waking up the proof. I, I, I haven't even Googled that or anything. Yeah, You're waking up the truth. Well, no, the that. proof. Oh, the proof and the and truth. And the truth. <laughs> oh. Man. Uh, hey, um, uh,
2: yeah. all right, if you want to call in, please. The please. rabbit holes we go down. Yes. Uh, I'm going to put a few others up here. 205-342-9904. <laughs> if you're out and you're doing the, the Black Friday thing, call us between the stops of Walmart and Target. Um, Tommy Tuberville is the latest to come out and say hire Carnell Williams. Now, at first you go, really? And then you go, well, he played for him. You know? Yep. What is Tommy going to say? Yeah. No? Hire Lane Kiffin? Hell, he's not going to say that. but And I guess people know this. Christian was probably in his single digits. But, Christian, do you remember when Tuberville said, they'll take me out of Oxford in a pine box, and then the next day he went to Auburn?
4: Uh, I, I do not necessarily remember that, no. I love having young guys on here. <laughs> it gives,
2: gives, gives me real perspective of where I'm going. But, uh, Karne, uh, Christian, Who's going to coach at, at Auburn in, in 2023?
4: You know, it's hard to say right now because I feel like there's been so much speculation and a lot of things leading towards Lane Kiffin, which it very much will, uh, could be him. Um, but we keep seeing him with these pressers, and he keeps denying it and denying it. Again, just like you mentioned, I mean, it's it, we hear that all the time. I mean, I just saw a clip of Coach Saban when he was with the Miami Dolphins saying, I'm not going to be the head coach at Alabama, then – uh, sure enough, he he becomes the head coach of Alabama, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but, yeah, so I, I still feel like Lane Kiffin is the the man to beat here. I know he's coming out publicly and, and denying a lot of things, but, again, we've seen this once before, and uh, I think it just makes a lot of sense. I think they have their eyes set on him, and uh, I, I would not be shocked if Lane Kiffin is named the next head coach of Auburn. However, I also would not be shocked if it's uh, – almost a mystery candidate or someone that we're not even thinking of Um, that would not surprise me as well. Um, You know, I'm also hearing a lot about Hugh freeze, not, not sure um, the validity of that, but um, I guess it's something to look for, look for uh, moving forward. But if I had to put my money on it, I still would go with Lane Kiffin at this moment in time.
3: Christian, the first uh, Iron Bowl you ever played in, just take us back to what it was like to walk onto the field just for pregame warm ups. You know, a- a- as a writer, I always want to know, I, I want to be like right next to the guy who uh, takes an at bat at Yankee Stadium. And I would, because you you can't go there yourself as a reader. And so I always try to, you know, talk to that batter and, and just what does it feel like to take a, again, take a, take a, some swings at Yankee stadium. What's it feel like? Take us there into the moment. What's it feel like when you walk onto the field again, just for warmups of, uh, being in your first iron bowl,
4: you know, it's, it's truly special. And, uh, there's no other feeling like it. You keep hearing about it so much because the Iron Bowl is just sentimental to so many people in the state of Alabama. I mean, we heard earlier, like we were talking about all the all the Daniel Moore paintings and then the kids being named after coaches and players. And, I mean, it means so much to the people in the state of Alabama. And it's one of the most iconic rivalries in college football. So stepping on that field was just uh, – it was it was memorable because I just remember you know there was just a lot of a lot of energy coming out there for warmups and the pregame and um, you could just feel the tension there and uh, my first one was in Brian Denny um, my redshirt year which was in 2014 and I just remember starting off the game you know there was just defense went out there and, and I think we forced a turnover early on and and then the, the crowd was just loud from the jump and it, it just was electric man and there's no better atmosphere for it. And uh, I always look forward to this matchup cause, because, again, it's it's honestly probably the best rivalry in college football. And if, if you've never experienced an Iron Bowl, I highly suggest you do at some
3: point. Would there? sorry, Matt, one, one follow-up quick. Um, Terry Henley mentioned that there had never been a fight in uh, the history of the Iron Bowl. Um, not there, among the players. Certainly. Yeah, not among the players. Yeah. Um, was there much uh, trash-talking going on? Because I know a lot of the players, and, and this probably doesn't include you since you grew up in uh, South Carolina, but a lot of the players on each of the teams played each other in high school. They knew each other. They went through the recruiting process together. They went to the same camps. And Actually, you probably did know some of the guys uh, from the camps. But is there is there much... Uh, is there much talking going on or is it uh kind of just the same as every other game
4: No there's definitely a little bit of talking going on and, and you made a good point you know a lot of guys are um, from the state of Alabama so they definitely have some uh some experiences with one another and they definitely all have a past you know whether it was in uh, high school or little league um to that extent but um yeah you no know, there's definitely a little bit of trash talk going on and uh it's definitely a highly competitive game and um I will say the really cool thing about it is at the end of the game, for the most part, usually, you know, you still see everybody come together and you'll see a bunch of uh, group photos of those guys that have uh, uh, prior relationships that might have played together in high school or little league. They'll all come together and, uh, you know, dap each other up, get pictures together. And, uh, you know, it is it is a nice, nice way to kind of, you know, finish it out and, you know, squash that beef that we had leading up to it and during the game. But uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to see um, just how intense and how competitive the game really is.
2: I've always maintained the players have the best view and the best perspective on this game. Uh, they don't go home and throw at their, throw anything at their cousin. you know. They get on the field like Christian just said. And that's one of the reasons why in this game... They don't kill trees. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, we're going to go down that road. Yeah, there's, no, a of, no, there's a lot of no. bad stuff. But, you know, on that on was, both that sides. Was ridiculous. So, both yeah, sides. yeah, 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 yeah. But... Um, I think that's the reason why you rarely see late hits. You don't see personal fouls a lot in this game because the players just have respect for the game, each other, the colors. Now, the fans are getting into a fist fight over the national anthem, you know? <laughs> but I, I think that has to do a lot with what the fact is a lot of them play together against each other. Some of these guys are playing against teammates in high school. Uh, and th- Now... Uh, on that side, too, I think that that is just uh, another reason why this game is so special. On the name thing, and I'm going to find out so you can go do a story on it. There is a group at Alabama that meets, and I think it's before the Alabama-Auburn game sometime, of children, and now it's generational, <laughs> that were named Bryant or Bear. Um, mm-hmm. I, I seriously, yesterday, had Thanksgiving with and I hope she doesn't get on to me for this. Her name is Crimson Ann White.
3: I'm not nice. kidding. I think I know Crimson White. Crimson Ann White. <laughs> oh, now, right, she's so. married now.
2: So it's Crimson Ann and I'll 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 protect that, I guess cuz
3: Did she go to Alabama?
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah. Where? She had no choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I guess she could have gone to Car- to Harvard. Maybe. But anyway, I mean you are uh, and they put Anne is her middle name. So yes. um, there was a lot of thought well,
3: or maybe no thought. Well, <laughs> speaking of, of kids, w- one of the most poignant sort of moments for me of the Iron Bowl was when um, uh, it was the kick six game. And oh, right right during right during the the after the kick six happened, CBS cameras zoomed on this little kid wearing a uh, Alabama jersey, and he's just bawling his eyes out. Well, for a story, I, I, I tracked down the kid and his and his dad, and his, his name was Case. Um, and uh, after the game, uh, you know, they didn't know what had happened at the moment. Like, they didn't know that CBS was training the cameras right on him, but his dad used it as this beautiful teaching moment of saying, you know what? You can't win every single time. And all you can do is just try your best. And, uh, and, and, you know, he kind of just riffed on and on about that. And, um, uh, it made it into the story that I wrote for, uh, SI, but it was just after, after his dad sort of explained all of this, Ten minutes later, Case, who I believe was eleven years old, uh, they're out in the sort of outer fields there at Auburn, and uh, in 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 parking area, and they were t- still you know tailgating, waiting for the traffic to thin. He looks over and he sees his son, uh, who's got the Alabama jersey on, playing catch with a little kid who's got an Auburn jersey. Oh on. wow! Did.
2: Did they just say hey look Lars is looking. Lars is watching.
3: No, I no, don't no, it was not easy to track that kid down. Oh, bet. <laughs> it took a lot of effort. Like, you know, basically I had to put out a uh APB over all my social media. Do you know who this is? You got to have, have him uh, contact me. Yeah. I mean, that's a uh, That's the the, the hardest part of being a reporter is actually finding the people that you need to talk
2: to. Lars, put that story on your Twitter today. Can you do that? I should. Yeah. Yeah, I I certainly
3: got enough hate coming at me right now because. Yeah, you got involved
2: with the cornhuskers. I got,
3: yeah. I I still think it's going to be Mickey Joseph as the next head coach of Nebraska, even though he's lost the last five games. There it is. It's the longest Christian
2: it's ever taken. One hour and 16 <laughs> minutes for him to bring up Nebraska. Wow. Uh, hey, I got I got got a I got a really good one postgame. And, and we're going to get Christian with another memory on the field. He talked about his first when he was redshirt freshman. I want to know about the big hit, the big play, something that Christian was involved with in this most storied of rivalries. You're listening to Big Noon. You can join us, Big Noon Sports, at 205-342-9904 back in a moment
1: more big noon sports coming up hi it's chris stewart with exciting news
0: from towns and honda pick out your new vehicle and make no payments until 2023 drive to the game in your new ford nissan bmw chevrolet 49 Tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day. We'll have the chance of scattered showers by afternoon. The high in the upper 60s at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: And tell my guys that if they can't get up for this game this week uh, for these seniors their last game um, you know that they're gonna be able to put on that uniform need 24 seniors then something wrong uh, so um truly feel like what's on a lot of stuff that's understood really don't need to be said so um i'm looking for our guys to come out mm-hmm.
2: For years, I thought the name of this song was Teenage Wasteland. And then about five years ago, somebody said, no, it's going to be called Alibaba. I don't, I'll do not i never understand that. But anyway, it is Alabama-Auburn weekend. So the who aside, even though it's one of the great tunes in all of rock and roll. Christian, what do you remember on the field? And if there's more than one moment, please share.
4: Oh, and during my time, just at any moment, that was special. Yeah. Um Mm, man, when that, you were on the field, when I was on the field, yeah. I mean, I remember my senior year. My senior year was, you know, at home, and it was my last time playing in Bryant Denny, and that whole game was just, you know, very emotional to me, and uh, just the whole game throughout. I just, you know, I just, I didn't take anything for granted, and I just really wanted to, um, you know, leave that game, leave everything on the field, and, and know that that was. Going to be my last time suiting up in Brian Denny. So that that is my most memorable moment. I know that's not like a specific thing, but that whole game was just so special to me because I just – walking out on that field, walking through that tunnel, I just uh, felt like I just had a uh, just a whole reel of memories just going um, through my mind of just – all the all the special moments and relationships I've formed over my time here, and then just all the you know just all the games I played, the practices, just all the fun times I'm with my teammates. so um, that last game, uh, my senior year, really just meant so much to me.
3: since uh, this is a season of family, Christian, I want to ask you did did you ever not necessarily with the Iron Bowl, but is there a a father son moment? that sticks out to you or a mother-son moment that sticks out to you when you were at Alabama?
4: Well, you know, I was fortunate. uh, My mom actually lived down here when I was in college, and um, she made it uh, a point to to come to pretty much every single game. And uh, I could always look forward to seeing her and my brother in the tunnels after the game. And uh, I really appreciated how how supportive they were of me and how they always – went out of their way to to to, um, to support me and, and just be there for me um and my dad always drove down as much as he could so it was always um nice just to have my family support and um you know I just some again thinking about that last game I'm just thinking of my, my doing our senior day um uh, thing where we you know we're on the field and coach Saban comes up and he shakes all our hands and takes the pictures with the with us and our our families and I just thought it was so cool because i I just it felt like just yesterday I was um, getting recruited by him, and Coach With Saban that, was they keep it on coming. Crowd, uh, be putting from right coming, there, you Christian know, in, <laughs> <So> <laughs> a nice, nice snippet just- right there. Um, you know, Coach Saban coming to my house and recruiting me, and my mom making that meal for him. But um, you know, it's always just special, just having the support of my family, and I'm uh, always going to be thankful for that. In 1992,
2: and okay, some of you weren't born then. Um. <laughs> In One-third one,
3: one of our team wasn't born then.
2: <laughs> I'm talking more about the people listening. <laughs> but uh, Pat Dye had involved in, been involved in turmoil concerning the Eric Ramsey case and had been pretty much forced to, to resign. And um, he played his final game against Alabama at Legion Field on the 26th, which I think is this day. And, no, we're the 25th. Anyway, beside that. He didn't want to retire, but they had to. It's just one of those horrible situations that you just didn't like covering. You ever been in that situation? I don't want to be here. I don't want to cover this. Yeah, absolutely. But now, I did want to cover the Alabama-Auburn game. That was cool. And as expected, a heavily favored, that's the team that won a national championship team, defeated Auburn 17 to nothing. Following that game, a mass of media... Assembled underneath and in the bowels of uh, Legion Field where they basically would just put you in a large training room and set up a table with mics on it. But Pat Dye came out to address the media for his final time as the Auburn head football coach. And he was standing there, and then he, he, he looked to his right, and he went, come on in here, man. And every one of his seniors walked into that room as he was addressing the media, and Pat lost it. He said, I love you men so much, I may lose it right now, by the way. But he looked over at those players, and he told them how much he loved them and respected them, and he was crying the whole time. Then his, all his players started crying, and I'm crying. I'm going, here you are, Matt, and all the members, you know, here are your colleagues, your peers, and you're just crying like a little kid. Then I looked to my right, Clyde Bolton was just bawling like a little kid. I looked to my left, there's Herb Winches can't keep a dry eye. The whole place was crying. It was just one of those emotional swelling moments that you'll just never forget. And uh, I always really,
3: really liked Pat
2: Dye, and, and after that,
3: even more so. What is your favorite memory, Matt, of the Iron Bowl? We've talked about mine. We've talked about Christian's. What, what's yours? And you've obviously covered it much uh, more extensively than I have and been around it longer than Christian.
2: Um, quickly in the punt, Bama punt game, my dad got very angry because I was just running around the house like an idiot, listening to it on the radio. And so he sent me out to the car. He said, as long as you're doing this, why don't you sweep out the car and listen to it on the radio? But, uh, I remember hurling that whisk room two yards down, second punt. Now, uh, my favorite memory is probably Van Tiffen because it was just, what an incredible football game. Um, and of course, he kicked a 52-yarder with time running out for Alabama to win it. And um, then the game that went back and forth, and it was that one. That uh, that's the game where Frank Broyles said, "Keith, that's the finest fourth quarter of football I've ever seen in my life." Remember, Broyles and
3: Jackson were great. they were really good. Yeah. What about
2: you? Did you watch it as a kid?
3: Uh, yeah, I did. Um. And, uh, it was so funny, you know, growing up in the Midwest the, the state of Alabama almost seemed like a foreign country to me. It seemed so far away, so far away that I I would never get there. But, uh, I I would say, you know, the, the, the game that I remember the most is, uh, that, you know, I'd say it's for Alabama fans is the kick six. I mean, it was just an incredible football game. And I know that, uh, Some, you know, Alabama came up short, but this is what I always tell my students, and this is just basic. You can divine so much more from losing than you can from winning so many more lessons to be learned and as i was talking about earlier with that that young kid uh the 12 year old case who was crying uh in the cbs cameras caught him uh right after chris davis had scored the touchdown and how his dad used that as a teaching moment there's so many teaching moments coming from that <laughs> kick no six kidding. game. I mean, and, and, and not only that, in the aftermath of it was just complete chaos. Uh, I went down there like uh, the day after, and um, with the uh, groundskeeper, and I love like these stories where you, you you your sources are guys who have never talked to the media before, and and we went onto the field and we found some bone. And he, we thought it was dog bone uh, but I'm like nah it doesn't that looks like that looks like human bone and <laughs> sure enough they got it tested and uh, it was where somebody dumped the remains of grandma or grandpa and uh, that wasn't Let's the hope only one yeah that wasn't the only I mean I think several people uh, Auburn fans dumped the remains of their loved ones on the field that day. I really do.
2: That's kind of creepy. Really.
3: You know, my dad, he I, I still have some of his remains, yeah. and he asked me before he died to put them on Memorial Stadium Field in Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah. and I, I just can't. I, I, I haven't been able uh, to do it yet. It's an odd request. When we get back, Tony <laughs> Sorry. Curry.
2: No, it's okay. It's, it's all about big news sports. Back in a minute.
1: this is big noon sports with Lars, Matt
3: and Christian. Hello boys and girls, moms and dads. Mr. Spiller here and I want to welcome you to Mr. Spiller's neighborhood. It's a lovely day here at Spiller anytime we have a sale and right
6: The clock will not start for the ball of snap.
0: There is the snap, the kick, it is in the air, it has this, it's good!
7: It's good!
0: It's good!
7: It's good! It's good! It's good! good! Van Tiffen has won
2: the ball game!
0: Alabama has beaten over! Wow. Van Tiffen!
2: This flashback, I got I got chills. What a great call. That, by the way, was Paul Kennedy um, along with Doug Layton. And Layton, it's good, it's good, it's good. They swapped that back and forth about three times. A really, really classic radio. Anyway, welcome back in to Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars and Christian. And uh, I'm assuming that Tony is with us. Hey, TK, can you
7: hear me?
6: Yes, yes, I am.
7: I miss me some. Uh, I miss me some Doug Late, man. I miss that guy big time. I did uh, a lot of sports radio with him, as well as I think you did as well, Matt. And uh, when I was working with uh, Wimp and Sonny, uh, one of my first sports radio gigs, uh, I was also working with Doug. So uh, he kind of—I uh, don't want to say he taught me the ropes, but uh, he was the ropes. Is what he was.
2: Uh, uh it's so true. Hey, Tony, what do you think about tomorrow? Yeah. Just give me your quick. Cliff Notes, thoughts on Alabama-Auburn?
7: Um, you know what? I've, I've had several people ask me, uh, you know, is Alabama going to blow this team out? And certainly with the uh, Lane Kiffin uh, situation going on at Auburn, uh, I'm not going to touch this thing with a 9-4 pull. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Auburn wins the football game. Uh, obviously, it's been kind of a strange season for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um and a little bit of a a Debbie Downer because obviously they're not buying for a national championship and an SEC West or an SEC championship. Um, But, yeah, I I really don't know what to expect from the Auburn Tigers, to be honest with you. I I think the fact they're on the road, I think is going to benefit the Auburn Tigers. Uh, I think Carnell Williams obviously brings just an enormous amount of – of excitement to that program, uh, despite the fact that he's probably not going to be their next head coach. And then again, you know, I didn't play, so I don't know where where, where these kids are thinking of. You know, next year, obviously, they're going to have another head coach, and and it makes you wonder if maybe they're going to really put out as much effort as they possibly can towards the end of the season uh, to ensure that uh, they'll be uh, well in in, in the hooks when it comes to, to next year's Auburn football season. But it's really, I mean, the line's, what, 22, something like that? I think it's about right on, something like that.
4: You mentioned the line just then, but you said you wouldn't be surprised if Auburn won this game. Is that because Auburn's been playing pretty good the last few weeks under Carnell, or is it that you just see some weaknesses in that, this Alabama football team this year? I
3: think Tony may have fallen off. Um, that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, did, did you hear Christian's I'm, I'm, question,
2: Tony?
7: I did not. I can't. I cannot hear Christian.
3: Can you hear me now, Tony? Okay. Uh, I'll let you guys handle it now. Uh, all right. Live radio. Um, uh, what Christian was asking is, uh, do you think, uh, Tony, that um, Auburn has a legitimate chance to win the game?
7: Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, um, listen, they almost did it last year. I, you know, I just I just think it's one of those situations where, you know, and I hate when people sit there and say you throw the records off the window. I hate that because it's really about matchups, about what things, you know, look like on paper in the X's and O's, and Christian could probably answer this question better than anybody in the room. But I just, uh, you know, I just don't know what kind of attitude they're going to have. Alabama's obviously had an issue with penalties this year and turnovers, and if they have turnovers and penalties again this year, they're going to have a problem in this football game. And then you throw the fact that the Auburn Tigers obviously um, uh, seem like they have a little bit more energy in them. Maybe the week goes, it going to be a change. It's just a, it's just a really strange. The fact that the next hiring at, at, at Auburn is going to be one of the most important uh, in its history when it comes to this next head coach. I think really plays well into this. I, you know, again, I, I'm not playing it. I wouldn't even look at it. I mean, I'll be watching the game obviously, and I'll be excited to watch it. But if I was trying to figure out who is actually going to win this game, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I have no clue. I, I wish I could tell you. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I could sit there and, and break down, you know, the X's and O's, and and, and But I, I, just think that emotion is going to play so much into this game. I think weather may be a factor into it. So I'm just going to kick back and take it all in, man. But I, quite frankly, I have no idea who. I, Alabama should win this football game by three touchdowns, but we know that not be the
4: case every year. I'm going to try this again, Tony. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, no, I like what you mentioned about, you know, all the variables because, I mean, that is true. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this game, and and, and, and you have a great point. You know, it, it doesn't really matter about records and whatnot. Usually the way this game goes is there's so much intensity and passion that, I mean, it really – it always – you never really know what to expect. I mean, and that's what makes this game so exciting. Um but I but I'll ask you and know, I've been asking everybody else is do you have a favorite or most memorable moment throughout the years with an Iron Bowl? Um
7: you know, probably the year, and this is this is a little bit selfish of me, but probably uh, 1990 was the year that uh, Gene Stallings came in, and when I sat on a billboard uh, for the Crimson Tide, that was probably one of my favorite moments, just because they started the season 0 and three, if they lost to uh, Florida, Georgia, and Southern Miss. I think were the three games they started the season with, and they lost all three. And was, thank goodness they had Vanderbilt in week four, and I sat on a billboard, and it was only the second year that I was actually here. Uh, in the state, I'd come from Cincinnati. I lived in Louisville for a couple of years and I came down here. And I i to be honest with you, I had no clue uh, about Alabama football. I knew it was famous. I knew people were into it. But, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, and I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I was in the professional sports aspect of it more than the college. And the minute I walked down here, obviously, there were, you know, people like, who are you for? I was like, what are you talking about? You are know, like Auburn, Alabama. I was like, oh, I, I didn't even know. And so uh, I really took a lot of on to, to Alabama because we were the flagship station. Uh, and I uh, just fell in love with him, and I sat on a billboard for three weeks in Gene Stallings' first year, and, and so that year, that Iron Bowl was, was really special because, because, you know, it was just a hell of a long season. <laughs> it's what it was. The first three weeks, I was, I was 35 feet up in the air.
2: Hey, give me a call on Michigan-Ohio State.
7: Uh, You know, my brother went to Ohio State, my sister went to Ohio State, and, man, I've been dealing with their crap all week long. Uh, Every time Alabama is not good, which isn't very often, uh, or whenever Alabama doesn't have a shot to win a national title, and Ohio State does, which also isn't very often, I have to hear from those guys. So I am pulling for Harbaugh's kids, and I'm pulling against the family just because I don't want to, have to deal with my brother. I haven't heard from my brother in three years, and all of a sudden this week he's just blowing my phone up. I'm like, where the hell have you been? Uh, because he's a he's a big Buckeye fan, so I'm like, screw you. I'm your brother. You should keep in touch with me. Now he's letting me know the Buckeyes are going to national title. You know what? I, I, I don't like either team. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that people believe that this is still the best rivalry in all of college football, maybe because Auburn hasn't been very good over the last few years. Uh, the alabama Auburn games, not known as the best rivalry. The documentary, alabama, or, uh, the documentary Michigan versus Ohio State, uh, the best rivalry in sports, was on ESPN the other night, and I watched it. Uh, it is a great rivalry. You certainly, when both teams are vying for a national championship, but going this weekend, uh, it does make it a special game. But I think I'm I'm going to take Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins by a hook, wins by a fo- fo- uh, field goal.
2: All right, Bone, we need to get you for another segment. Let's take a break, come back. We'll cue it up for Christian and for Lars as we continue to bring you Big Noon Sports right here on our network and uh, the Vast Network in Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Anniston, and Gadsden. Thanks for tuning in.
1: This is the Big Noon Sports Network. It's the Tuscaloosa
2: Community
0: Calendar powered by
2: Pepsi.
3: Give the gift of warmth this holiday season.
0: Diamond's ITR is hosting a winter coat drive on Monday. 49, For tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day. We'll have the chance of scattered showers by afternoon. The high in the upper 60s at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. He's gone.
2: Back on Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Christian Miller. I'm Matt Coulter. Our guest is Tony Curry. Update from, you know, it was Qatar. Now it's Cotter. They've changed the pronunciation of it's it. Not anyway, Cotter.
3: Uh, Forty-five left. Is that Cotter? Uh, okay, it could be are, all. Of them. We're we're almost to halftime, oh, and man. it is nil nil. Boy, if uh, if the Americans <sighs> could squeeze out another tie, be big. No, but no. Tony, uh, Tony, talk. No, you, you don't. You no, don't. Uh... No, no. Uh,
7: <laughs> oh. oh,
2: yeah. I let's move along to the game this weekend.
7: I, 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 heard for no. I heard today that all the U.S. needs to do is hope for a draw, so they can continue to play. I'm like, that's how. That's how ridiculous this sport can be. I'm not saying it is, but can be. When you're praying for a draw. That means you're hoping for a nil nil in order in order to move on. That is thinking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now I do appreciate the fact that Renovic. It's ridiculous
2: that we've spent this much time on it.
7: Let's move along, shall we? Uh,
2: Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Lars. No,
3: actually I'm not. Uh, all right, Tony, you, you have to give us more uh, context to uh, the, the Billboard story, and I know you, you've told it and you've shared it with me a few times, but I think uh, not all of our listening audience is, a, is aware of it. And sort of in conjunction with that, uh, like myself, you're from out of state. When did you realize that this rivalry is different?
6: Uh, probably, uh,
7: it was 1990. I mean, a lot changed. I got here on Christmas day, 1988. And, um, you know, uh, I, I came from Louisville. I signed a one year deal. I thought I'd come down here because it was because of the money. And then I got down here and realized how beautiful the women were. And I was 22 years old and I was like, Holy smokes. Next thing you know, now it's 32 years later. Um, but we were the flagship station for Alabama football. Mike Cammons, of course, was our GM, and he was from Knoxville, and they were the flagship station for the Tennessee Volunteers, so it was all college football, and, and he was the one that really pushed it. We got the Alabama football uh, broadcast rights at, at Rock 99, and they had lost the first game of the year, and everyone was really surprised. That's when Gene Storch came in. He had a losing record. He was one of Bear Bryant's guys, but he came from Phoenix, where he had a losing record as an NFL coach, and people were just boohooing and giving him a hard time. And I was like, uh, and I looked at Mike. I said, man, is there anything I could do to bring some notoriety to the Alabama football program and to our radio station? Because we were all about ratings. And, and at that point, you know, you got to remember I jumped 35 feet into uh, three feet of, of pool water with a donkey. Uh, I did the one man wave. Uh, you know, I rode a bull uh, with a PBR. I mean, I, I, I would do anything for ratings, I would do anything for a laugh and anything for ratings, much like I do on this show here. And uh, so he said, you know, uh, if you can think of anything until Alabama wins a football game, that, that would be really cool. And, I, and we had a big billboard around the corner of West Valley and Green Springs Highway. Down at the bottom of the street, I think there was a, like a TCBY, there was a gas station or something down there. It was totally different than what it looks like now. And I said, what if I went up there and just sat on that billboard uh, until Alabama won a football game? And he just absolutely loved it. He goes, well, don't tell anybody, but we're just going to do it, okay? So I want you to go get a ladder. He got me a ladder. We had a billboard down there on the corner. Uh, it was, it was uh, WZRR and WVOK, our two radio stations, and there was a picture of an Alabama football player laying out for a, for a football pass. And he goes, go ahead and get on that billboard and just stay up there until the police come or until someone tries to take you down or whatever. And by then, people start talking about it. We had just hired a new morning show guy named Paul Castronovo out of Miami, Florida. And he was kind of a blowhard. He came in. And all of a sudden, from the minute he got there at 6 o'clock in the morning, people are blowing him up saying, hey, there's this guy up on this billboard. And so he turned it into this bit. Well, he just egged on when I was up there, and then he realized it was me, and it just blew up. And, and little did I know, because everyone's like, you're going to be up there for four or five days, and they're, they're going to win the second game, and you're going to come down. Well, then they they lose the second game. I want to say uh, I think they played Southern Miss the first game, and then I think they played Florida the second game, I believe. Uh, they lose that game. And then I was just, I was. was Georgia. Horrified. I was, I was missed. I was ter- Georgia. Okay. And, and I was just like, this is horrible because I knew I was going to be up there for another seven days. It was like 90, de- 90 degrees at night, 45 at night. I got really sick. I had a nurse come up there giving me steroid shots and everything. And I had 16 inches of scaffolding, 16 inches of scaffolding. It was 30 feet long, but it was 16 inches long. And so I couldn't get down. So I would use the bathroom off the back of the billboard on the backside, not facing the street. We had four other radio stations that were our competitors that were showing up in the parking lot broadcasting the morning shows to make sure that I wouldn't come down. I had Tennessee fans throwing oranges (laughs) at me. We had a giant sheet that I put up to stay away from the elements uh, that was on the left hand side of the billboard. I I've, I've wanted to uh, I, I can't write a book about the entire billboard situation but I'd certainly put uh, the billboard in my book but several things happened on that billboard that I cannot share with your family of audience uh which was pretty amazing so I mean there was a it was a wonderful time <laughs> yeah uh and again being 30 feet I had a Jesus hook around my waist so, I always get that if I do fall off this billboard, i uh, I may live, but I won't have a pelvic uh, bone to, to speak of. Um, but yeah, so it was just amazing. it was fun. and really it was for me, it was my fifteen minutes of fame. I've got uh, all kinds of all stuff downstairs from the l a Times, the New York Times, the New York Post, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Cincinnati Inquiry, I mean, newspapers, the Toronto uh, exhibit, i mean, all kinds of newspaper articles that were written about me when I was up there. It was pretty amazing. it was pretty cool.
4: Tony, real quick, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about the team this year and their performances. How would you grade their performance this season? And would you go as far as saying that the dynasty could be coming to an end?
7: No, I don't think. I've you know, I've heard I've heard someone talk about that. Some other quarterback that they used to play for. I talking about how he thinks this might be the beginning of the end. I, I I don't believe that. I will say this. I I don't think Bryce. Uh, I don't think his shoulder's ever been fully healthy this year since since he sprayed it. Uh, he he's, he does, certainly does not look like the same quarterback that we saw last year. Um, I think they've had a really difficult time finding an identity for this football team.
0: When you have
7: a Heisman Trophy quarterback, you want to pass the football, right? I mean, you want to throw the football. That's right. And then you've got, then you've got this running game that you don't, really don't know who's supposed to be getting the football. Uh, Jameer Gibbs uh, seemed like he was the MVP of the team uh, for a period of time. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's not getting the ball at all. It was just really bizarre. Uh, and then, you know, the defense, um, who gave up 52 points to Tennessee, the most points they have given up in a football game since 1907, they're not as good as we thought. We always talked about the cheetah, right, the cheetah. And, and what happened to the cheetah? And i said, I said on the show several times, I don't know what's going on with Will Anderson, Jr. Obviously, he's a hell of a football player, and I'm not taking anything away from what he's going to do uh, in his career, and certainly at, at the NFL level. But something's happened to him. At one point, I mentioned this, he had 59 solo tackles last year. At one point, he had 17 a couple of weeks ago. Where's the sacks? People are like, well, everyone knows he's so good, so they're double teaming. Well, if you're double teaming I there must be another guy on that defense that's open to make sacks and make plays with the defense, and we're just not seeing it. I just think there's a, a lack of, 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 of personality on this on this football team, on both sides of the football team, and I think they're feeling a little bit. I don't think it has anything to do with Nick Saban. Obviously, everything comes from the coaching level on down. It trickles down, um, but I think they're going to be just fine. But I do think they need some fresh new blood there.
4: Well said.
2: Tony, thank you, sir. Yeah, I got you. Have a great weekend. I love y'all. Thanks, All right, Tony, you I Thanks, appreciate
4: Tony. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Love you. Love you, too. All
2: right, Chris, and I'll see you in the morning.
4: Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, Lars. Have, have a
2: great, great
3: weekend. weekend, everybody. Right. Be safe.
0: Tax card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her.